God help us, here we go. <laughs> God help us, here we go. God help us, here we go. God help us, here we go. All right. G'day, ladies and gents, and welcome to Unprofessional Podcast number six, or at least I think it's number six. I actually kind of lost count. Um, today we are joined by Crash Loby once again. He's uh, decided to come back so we can tell him to go fuck himself. And we are going to be going through some of the recent happenings in DCS, X-Plane 11, the new Vulcan beta, and Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 in particular, the recent multiplayer video that they released. It had some really, really interesting shit to discuss in there. Uh, just to be so, clear, that was a Vulcan beta for X-Plane 11. Yes, Vulcan beta for X-Plane 11. Yep. Um, yes, we are joined by Deadmeat as per normal, and... As I said, Crash, welcome to the podcast once again. Thank you very much, Mags. An absolute pleasure to be back, and hello to everybody listening. All right. So first things I just really want to cover on this end, I know Deb may go through some of the IL-2 sales that are coming up, but I just want to do a quick reminder on the DCS All In This Together promotion. Um, that's actually running at the moment for those who are unaware of this, although I don't know how you've missed it at this point in time. Essentially, once every couple of days, a new aircraft is coming up for a free flight for DCS. Uh, being as we are in the sixth at the moment, um, or we're about to leave the sixth here, it's the sixth of the rest of the world, it's the last day for the Focke Wolf 190A8. I actually probably should have taken an opportunity to fly that one myself because I don't actually own that one. Uh, next up is the BF109K4, which will be available on the 7th to the 8th. The 9th and the 10th is the Persian Gulf map, and uh, sorry, the 10th is Nevada. F86 Sabre, MiG-15, and the KA-50 Black Shark is coming after that. It's definitely the time to have a look at DCS if you haven't already, as much as this sounds like a bit of an ad. The reason why I sort of wanted to list all that out is... Um, we were sort of discussing promotional things that DCS could do the last time you were on Lobby, and I actually had one thought looking at all this all the way through. It's actually probably the only thing I can think of that would have improved this, because this is a pretty good promotion, but I reckon they should have made the maps, both of them available at the same time and available for the entire length of the promotion so everybody can fly all the planes on the maps themselves. Absolutely, particularly as the maps are a much bigger download. Mm. And uh, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Oh no, 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 no. just, just yeah. agreeing. Keep going. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, well, particularly <laughs> with the down <laughs> with the download size uh, size of the maps, and mm. additionally, you'd have you know people uh, wanting to join certain servers and maybe test out. Particularly with the World War Two aircraft, they'll want to uh, test mm. out maybe Normandy. And I think, yeah, would have been a good idea to have all three maps. But I, I think it is pretty much, uh, they're the only ones really doing an offer like this. And it, it, it is a pretty cool offer for people to get their, their feet wet, so to speak, in DCS. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping it's working really well for us. I'd like to see these pop up really regularly, once, at least once every couple of months. Rotate it through, rotate through all the aircraft so everyone can have a bit of a poke. Um, even throwing up some of the uh, Flaming Cliffs aircraft, because there are some people that don't have access to those that are, would be interested in those particular aircraft, and just make one of the maps available for a more extended period of time to play around on, and hopefully generate some more interest through. But 
again, just wanted to make sure everybody uh, was up to date on the fact that that is actually running and take advantage of it while you can because, you know, if there's any any of the planes that are left on that lineup that you actually want to fly or if you want to check out the maps themselves, they're coming up. They are a big download. You'll want to start the download the second they're available to access because they will, depending on your connection, take upwards of a day to download. But you'll see why so many people actually fly on them. Persian Gulf particular is definitely worth your time to have a look at yeah. and we we mm. i'm sure everyone by this point knows exactly how i feel about the map situation on dcs um mm. <laughs> so I, I won't reiterate it but i i agree it, they should have made those mission those maps available from the start mm. um, yeah just... it's my my opinion on that is it's actually a really whoever organized this didn't quite think it through i don't think and they may miss that part. The longer those maps are available for, the more time you have to play around on. And you're having to play around on aircraft that you don't potentially own, the more time you sort of have to become attached to them and enjoy the fact that they're there and discover things about them. If you've only got access to them to a, for a day or if you've got a particularly fast connection too, you're not going to have enough time to be able to really sink your teeth into those maps. So just, um, just I think little... it's actually probably a marketing miss. Yeah, just a little housekeeping there, Mags. Uh, can I get you to notch your voice activation, like the triggering down by a couple of dB, just to make sure you, we're catching all of your... Gosh, that's little bits of, of cutting off of your of your words in some points. That may not be the voice activation part at the moment. That may... Be I'm just checking on this end. Uh, maybe my internet in general. Hang on a second. Hopefully that's not going to start messing up. I have had it's, issues. It's, it's not too bad. It's just, you know, the, some of your words yeah. are very, very clipped off at the ends. Yeah, my apologies for that. Yeah, obviously with the, um, and what's the term they're using at the moment for it to get away past the YouTube algorithm? Uh, the COOF, I think it is. The COOF. Human malware is the term I use. Yeah, the, uh, human malware. Yeah, I like human that's a good one. Uh, with that getting around at the moment and uh, the entire planet deciding to jump on the internet at the same time, um, yeah, my internet at this end has gone. It was shit normally. Now it's something special. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and and not, not, not special in the you, you mean a lot to me kind of way, but spe special in the riding the short bus um, as the Americans would put it in the way. <laughs> I made a comment about it on social media the other day about the uh, the net being particularly bad, and it's actually slowing the speed that I can upload videos. Like the uh, my recent uh, Resident Evil Four or Resident Evil Two video that I uploaded, um, that took twelve hours to get that bastard of a thing up. That's how bad it is. But to give you a better idea of how it is, the telecommunications minister for Australia, the guy who's in charge of our internet, yeah, isn't actually using our MBN at the moment because our MBN is too slow. Christ on a <laughs> That's how bad it is at the moment. He came out that he's not actually using the MBN at home because he's MBN at home and he would have the best that is available and he is in a prime area for the fastest connections and it's not fast enough for his workload. It's not fast so. enough for his fetish porn. <laughs> so, uh, now yeah, hate, that's about where we're at. You'd hate... Hey, Crash, what, what did you tell me that your, your new internet connection performance is like again? Uh, well, considering basically there were people who had to walk 12 miles a day to a well and, and back every morning and they had better internet than I had until last week, um, 
it's like last week I was getting six six down and half a megabyte up. Uh, hence, uh, just to clarify, was is that megabyte or megabit? Uh, megabit. Yes. So, yeah, fifty k a second up and and. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. Megabyte. Five hundred. Five hundred k up, and uh, yeah, six thousand k down. Uh, hence, you know, uploading a video was a serious commitment. So, uh, yeah, I upgraded their. Um, finally, a company came to my area that could actually do something decent. So now I'm on one hundred and fifty down and fifty up, and that's actually mm. they they promise five hundred, but. Uh, it's on uh, speed tests I've done. I'm getting 150, around 150 down and 50 up. You're a horrible cunt. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> now I have no excuse not to upload videos. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have no other options in this area. I've been trying for two years to get my net upgraded here. And um, the last time I got given a number for uh, my queue, and apparently I'm still in the queue um, to actually uh, have that service. The problem is that phone call was six months ago. Jesus. And there's nothing else I can do at this point. And considering everything that's going on at the moment, I don't think there will be until it's all solved, and even then um, it'll probably have to be on a national scheme. But we are getting off subject a little bit here. Well, anyway... Um, Let's get into yep. the IL2 stuff. So, for, first, okay. firstly, for those of you who have an IL2 account on the website, um, unfortunately, it doesn't apply to the Steam users, but if you've linked your Steam account to the website, then, then it should apply. But if you log into the IL2 website, go to your profile and go to the promo co codes tab, you should find a Cabin Fever 50 and Cabin Fever 75 um, promo code. Now that that will give you 50% off on, excuse me, 50% off some items and 75% off on other items. Um, so very very well worth looking at. You know, if you if you're missing any of the IL2 stuff. Um, it's mm -hmm. definitely well worth looking at. Yeah, and definitely worth mentioning to everybody here too, because you know, obviously we're home at this point in time. So if you're going to sit back and actually spend some time outside, why not do it in a virtual environment? Since at the, we're starting to reach the point where we start getting fines for the front door, it's getting fucking stupid. Um, was it? I saw something the other day about them banning sunbathing in the UK or some shit is happening. The, the big question is, why are there sunbathing in the UK in the first place? Okay, that is a really fair question. Are, are um, they copying some Australian weather or something? or Because we're, we're, we're definitely copying some English weather here at the moment. The weather has been, well, in Ireland it's been shit, so I presume it's been the same over there. They're right beside us. So, mm. so some, something... Back onto the IL2 stuff. Something else that's that's upcoming is the 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 upcoming damage model improvements for IL2. Yeah. Have, have, have you two both seen the videos put out by Jason and the 
the dev diaries? I haven't. So if you'd like, if you'd like to give me a run through. Okay, so well, you, you know I have. So talk, yep. talk, talking through it. Okay, so but basically, they they've decided that the the already great damage modeling for IL two is just not quite that good enough. So they've been been working really hard on improving it. So now they've basically taken uh, bullet physics and how bullets interact with the internals of the plane. And they've put that into the game beyond, you know, well beyond the the previous damage model. So now, now, theory, you know, wings won't won't rip off quite so easily. But if you hit the right spots enough times with the right right shells, things you'll shatter the spars. You'll shatter spars. You'll you'll do damage like you should. Um, yeah. Nice. It's yeah, to, to to go into that a little bit further, just to make it perfectly clear. As I understand it, at this point, the new damage model models the bullet physics and the shell physics and the internal interaction in the aircraft well enough that it is actually possible for you to shoot out a single cylinder in the engine block, not the entire engine block, one cylinder on its own. Nice. In, in theory, yes. So the, the my understanding was that they. They were not going to do the engine damage modeling rework. Um, however, during their testing, they they worked out they really did need to do that at the same time. Um, so they've, which is why the the patch has been delayed. So they're they're just yeah. doing more and more testing, um, and yeah, it's going to be a fantastic thing. Main, especially for for people who who like a particular American plane, that that was well known to be somewhat resilient to taking damage, uh, a a big boy, the nice P forty seven, is nice. is hopefully going to be a whole lot more tanky for the damage. That was one of my previous... Uh, now, I love IL-2, but it was one of my previous bugbears that it was kind of a little bit too easy to fold an aircraft up like an accordion with a little mm. bit of gunfire around the wing route. So it's, oh, it's really great news. Yeah, so if, if you watch Jason's video, you'll see that planes are a lot less, um, a lot less prone to, to just crumpling on, on a whim. And they yeah. are... Well, a, as much as we can sort of model that kind of thing it's yeah. the you know obviously they they're not going to be shoot shooting priceless warbirds like that with with yeah. bullets to to get their simulations right but yeah yeah it's sort of it's it's something well, as, that as... we should all look forward to because it's just going to make the the multiplayer just a whole lot a lot better well, as long as the next time I fly up my A twenty and I take a shot the ass, it doesn't cause every control surface on the back section of the aircraft to fall off, I'll consider that a definite improvement because well, that's happened times, and I care to admit at this point. I I can't guarantee that a two six two is not going to ram a thirty mil shell up your ass and and do that. Okay, well, if a two six two does it, it's allowed. But it's when a random thirty cal just happens to clip the vertical stabilizer and the fucking rudder falls off that I've got a little bit of a problem. <laughs> that has been an issue since the A20 came out. So, yeah, hopefully that will be solved. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that sounds like some pretty good stuff going on that end. 
Um, what, what is there do. anything else to bring in for It's... I'm sort of having trouble say, trying to work out what I can say and what I can't say um, mm. for, for, for a couple of reasons. It's a... I've covered previously. Is there a red dot already um, working yeah. its way across your room? No, not yet. No, no. It's, it's, yeah, to, it's to, to be clear, there's actually a couple of things we've got to watch out for here on this one because yeah. Dead Meat's saying what he can say publicly, but he is part of the tester team and is under NDA, so he can only say what has been publicly announced, which this yeah. is all public stuff. And as I understand it, we're going to be going on to Microsoft Flight Simulator a little bit later on in this, and... Labie's one of the bastards that actually has access to that as well, so he can't talk about certain things either. Yep. And there's a guy yep, sitting so. in a bush outside my window here with a scope on me, so... <laughs> just, Meanwhile, just, I'm sitting in the centre, I don't have access to either, so I can talk about what I like. I'm guessing he has he has two weapons in hand. He does. One, yeah. one, one is concealed, disturbing, the other, disturbing the other he's a... closer to the trigger with with one than the other. All right, so we'll <laughs> jump on to the next section. Um, DCS World. Obviously, a few things going on in DCS at this point in time. Two of the biggest things, although they're not exactly new news, I've been a little bit behind on these thanks to uh, the human malware and everything else causing delays. But um, we've had two new developers join DCS World in 2020. Flying Island Simulations and True Grit Virtual Technologies. I just wanted to run through because both of these have something interesting to bring. Flying Iron is, well, I say these guys, these are actually just a pair of brothers. It's not a full team. It's two blokes that actually run Flying Iron, Iron Simulations. I don't think they've expanded the team for this at all, which is pretty impressive considering that these are not technically new developers they're just new to DCS. They're based out of Sydney, Australia, so they are just a bit north of us. And they're currently working on the LTV A7 Corsair 2 for DCS. That's going to be their entry into the platform. But they've also already completed a full fidelity version of the P47N, the Spitfire LF Mark 9, the Grob G109B, all for X-Plane 11, and these are the developers that are also working on the Lockheed F-117 Nighthawk for X-Plane 11. Oh, I just made a mess in my pants. <laughs> yeah. Um, really, I'll, I'll be, be honest up front. I'm really hoping that they develop the Corsair 2. I'm hoping it's fantastic, and then I hope they take their Nighthawk developments and stick that in DCS as well. That would be great. But <laughs> before we get ahead of ourselves there, this is a two-man crew that's already got two full fidelity aircraft, and by all accounts, they are fantastically uh, modelled. I haven't had a chance to fly them myself, um, by myself at this point, but they are apparently very, very, very good. One civilian space aircraft, they're already working on one modern military aircraft, and now they're going into DCS. And as I understand it, they're not stopping the X-plane development as well. So these are the first um, civil aviation developers despite the fact that they're developing warbirds, but civil aviation developers that have actually moved over into DCS. And this is something, again, I think we discussed last time, that Eagle Dynamics really needed to start attracting these other aircraft developers from outside of the DCS space into DCS because they do have experience. While it may not be with the DCS platform, they are experienced in flight model development and aircraft development, and some of them might have particular skill sets, particularly in regards to heavier aircraft or different types of aircraft that could be brought into the fray. And we're finally seeing one coming in. 
I'd, I'd just like to point out the the two warbirds for X-Plane. They do have the weapons mm -hmm. modelled. You can actually activate the weapons yes. and and go shooting things down in, in X-Plane. Um, I've never yes. tried it myself. I've seen a, a video of it actually being put into practice, but I've not actually tried it myself. But it's something that's, mm. that's definitely on the cards if we can ever get the X-Plane 11 multiplayer to actually work, which is something I'd like to, to revisit with you at some point, Max. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, I'm uh, unfortunately even with the update to X-Plane, it is uh, multiplayer is still the ginger stepchild. Mm. Oh, yeah. that's. I'm, I'm hoping that now they've got the, the graphics engine on task, which we should probably... We'll, we'll cover this a bit more in detail yeah. later on. But yeah, hoping yeah, we'll that there's other, there's that. other, yeah, hope, hoping that that they, there's going to be more improvements coming. Yeah, but, the the multiplayer really doesn't need points of X plane. It's it's really much, it's really a pain in the ass to deal with, as opposed to what we've seen of Microsoft Flight Simulator. But we'll uh, we'll come to that in a moment as well. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy to actually see some of the larger spec devs come through because as we said last time in our discussion Logan, the dcs's biggest problem at the moment is it's a niche within a niche yeah and it doesn't really need to be if the developers can start moving around and it can sort of come into mainstream just flight simulations rather than being just you know the guys who like to shoot one another that hide in the back corner which is where it kind of is now and get more yeah. people rolling through um, both in terms of developers and players, this is going to be excellent for all. I would um, would actually kind of like to see this work both ways. I would like to see more of the more, more of the civil aviation developers come in and potentially bring in things like the C seventeen, the Hercules, or you know if you can think of any sort of general aviation plane or military aircraft that may not necessarily yeah. be combat, bring those into DCS. But simultaneously, see some of the DCS developers we already have. I'm not sure how the contracts with ED would work, but potentially bring some of their airframes, even if they were not weaponized, into something like X-Plane 11 or Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. I, yeah. I would quite happily fly um, Heat Blur's uh, F-14 up the Grand Canyon on Flight Simulator 2020 without a second thought. It, I yeah. would buy it twice for that. I think the the other advantage is it's something it's a uh, a horse I've been kicking for years. Uh, having civilian uh, aircraft mm. in DCS adds to the overall realism. I mean, mm. most uh, most areas where military aircraft operate, you have civilian jets at thirty six thousand feet passing overhead. So yeah, uh, it makes sense. Yeah, I've actually got the civilian aircraft mod installed under my DCS. I don't do much with it on... I haven't done many videos with it on the channel yet, and I don't use it for the multiplayer component because not everybody has it. But a lot of the missions you actually see me flying, if paying attention to the radar, you might see dots pop up in the distance if I'm pointing at the right angle. Most of the maps that I have on the Persian Gulf map in particular, I have incoming and outgoing air traffic coming in on the correct flight routes into... Yeah. Um, all of, you know, in, into Saudi Arabia and all through Emirates. So I have airbuses in the sky and crap going on in the background while I'm up fighting in southern Iran. And it does, 
it does bring a moment of stress in if you happen to be flying a flight and one of the fighters, you know, you're flying a little bit further south, a bit towards the civilian airports, and one of the fighters you're trying to track gets loose and gets into that stream of airliners and all playing a game of hide and seek where if you pull the trigger on the wrong target, you kill 500 people. Yes. Well, virtually kill 500 yeah. people, but, you know, it's a target you're not supposed to be hitting. And, you know, there's potentially a, a hostile MiG that's hidden in amongst them there somewhere, and you've got to try and work out where the little bastard went. Um, I, I'd like to see that. Yeah. I'd like to see more of that in missions. Um, they, they really need to look into it. I'm, I kind of partially understand why Eagle Dynamics hasn't put something like that in. Yeah. Um, but it, it is something you have to deal with in real life. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Um, the other thing is if... If they had a situation where they brought in maybe some map developers from outside and you have pretty much, you know, most of the globe in high detail, you would have, you know, people who just fly general aviation or civilian stuff flying around. And it's one thing if you knock out an AI aircraft, maybe there's some kind of server punishment for it. But mm. nothing beats, you know, somebody screaming, uh, calling you a cocksucker down the microphone <laughs> for knocking them out of the air after a 14-hour flight from somewhere else, you know? Welcome to Steam Edition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, that's their one crew, and like that's, that's some interesting stuff that's going on there. Hopefully we will see more of that in general and start getting the two communities sort of more closely linked together. Um, I, like, I think there would be a lot of room for growth on both sides for that. Um, the other, and... Obviously, this is the one that everyone's talking about at the moment. The other team that has been brought in is True Grit Virtual Technologies and, of course, the Eurofighter Typhoon. Now, there's a couple of things that have come out to it. Uh, the Grim Reapers did a interview with them a while back. I, I Well, just a couple of days ago, I think. I only became aware of it today. Um, got some information out of that, but most of this has been public release beforehand. This team... All right, so most DCS developers, you know, they're obviously pretty dedicated to their platforms and they work very closely with the actual manufacturers of the aircraft and the pilots of the aircraft in order to try and get the aircraft that they're trying to model correct. In that case, this isn't going to be a problem. The guy in charge of True Grit, and I'm probably going to pronounce his name here wrong, but Jero Fink, I think is the pronunciation. Sounds good. Um, he's actually a former pilot of the Luftwaffe. Uh, 15 years flying experience in the Typhoon and a former instructor, and he's leading the team. So they don't need to work with pilots. The team itself actually has several members that are former Typhoon pilots or instructors themselves. Uh, with the artists and programmers, this is actually a little bit of uh, an interesting one as well. One of the lead programmers for the Eurofighter Typhoon is actually the former lead programmer for Falcon BMS has jumped over this is almost a all-star team for developing this particular aircraft this is the one that has me really throbbing because um the one thing when i'm buying an aircraft for dcs the one thing i look for is some kind of provenance you know it's fine you know if you've developed a number of aircraft but if you're a developer and you also either have, you know, high profile access to an SME or even mm. SME in your team, it becomes kind of an insta buy for me. Mm. And I'm sure there are a few other weirdos like me out there as well. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And there's a couple of other things with this one as well. Like it's this is a fully licensed aircraft. They've gotten a license through Germany. I my German is terrible, so I will try and I'll post this into chat because I have no idea how to pronounce this. I'll be perfectly honest. But um, this is the group that they licensing was done through. They have a license for the German version of the Eurofighter in particular, although apparently they are going to try and work on the others. But obviously they are all, they're based out of Germany. They're all former German Luftwaffe pilots. So they will be focusing on the platform that they are most familiar with, which is the German version, because not all versions of the Eurofighter Typhoon are the same. Depending yeah. on which nation is running them, there are actually personal customizations done by each individual nation that make each airframe slightly different. Um, also at this point, this is the interesting one, all the airframes that we have in DCS up until this point are airframes that are either have been in long service and been completely declassified or almost completely declassified, um, or they're airframes that have gone out of service, that are no longer in active service. The Eurofighter was only introduced officially in 2003. It is very much in active service still at this moment, and most of the aircraft, at least in the current blocks, is currently classified. And that is, they're still trying to work out exactly what block and version they're going to be working with. The assumption is it's probably going to be one of the earlier versions at this yeah. time. And it's probably going to be a bit of a, let's say, not pure version. Because even in the earlier blocks, there is probably going to be some systems they won't be able to model correctly or they won't yeah. be able to model at all. So they may need to bastardize some of the systems in order to yeah. get around the actual uh, the, the classifications that are still running on the aircraft. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, IFF is always going to be an issue mm. with every aircraft. But I think if they go with, you know, the earliest possible, like I'm not, I don't care how old or how young it is. I just, my my particular boner is for, as much authenticity as possible. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Like things like the um, the ECM is yeah. definitely not going to be modeled accurately. But then again, ECM yeah. isn't modeled any DCS as it is. And in my opinion, it, it's one of those things that doesn't have to be. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, they can just give it a generic feature, flick a button, and a it could be entirely unrealistic. Yeah. Uh, effect and happens. No. <laughs> yeah, I have absolutely no idea. I've never flown a type idea works if i flick a button and missiles are less likely to shoot me down that's good enough for me i will believe <laughs> it it's fine okay um for what i know yep. about it they're they're planning on releasing trench one first mm -hmm. and then because the eurofighter is so modular their their plan is to basically make the updated versions as like modules um, th there's no sort of confirmation of, of how they're going to actually make these modules available, whether they're going to be paid or or just uh, uh, just free additions to the existing module, although um, the impression is that they're going to be free additions to the module. So we'll, we'll get the, the, the Tranche 1 model and then yeah. go from there. Um, it's... Which is interesting in its own way because that particular model, which is the one I'll be going because obviously it's the earliest version, it has no ground uh, air ground capability at all. Yeah, it's a pure air to air platform. 
um, high altitude interceptor is what its primary designation is. So that is going to be a bit of fun to fly from the combat area. The The biggest part is exactly what are they going to have to base it up against at this point, although I suppose that's not really too much of an issue. Even at the earliest block, it still lines up with most of the aircraft that we currently have. Like It's not yeah. far out of the boundaries of the F-18C we currently have. And yeah, it's, it's only five a few years. years, yeah, a few years newer than the 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 fifty block that we've got for the F sixteen. So it's in the ballpark anyway. Those yeah. aircraft would have flown at, uh, side by side at some point. So yeah. yeah, should be fun regardless. But still, this is a platform I would have been if last year, end of last year, if somebody asked me, "Will we get a Eurofighter Typhoon?" I would have said, "There is no chance we will get a Typhoon." Turns out that not only are we getting a typhoon, but we're getting a typhoon that's actually being built by a former instructor and pilot of an actual typhoon. Yeah. Um, 2020 is just a weird fucking year, isn't it? Absolutely. It's like, you know, we're all locked in, but we're, all, we're getting goodies thrown at us right, left, and center. Uh, all I'm waiting for at this point in time is give me a C-130 and somebody announcing an Apache and I may die of either the orgasm or the happiness that follows. I'm not entirely sure which one will kill. Um, 130. Yeah. Nice. So uh, hopefully we'll find some more information about that soon enough. I am going to try with these guys and I'm going to try and get in contact with Flying Iron as well because I'm really interested in their perspective uh, on things, especially... Mags, I'll just remind, yes. remind you of the email that I exchanged and forwarded on to you regarding that. We're, yes. al we're already in contact with them. <laughs> yes. So I didn't want to let that out just yet. Too late. Dead meat. <laughs> too late. I was too excited about that one. You dick. But, but um, go, yes, but... go, going back to the... the, um, the Spoiler alert. The, the DCS, the add-on, the... Uh, commercial traffic add-on. Mm -hmm. um, I'd be very, very keen to to whip out the the CE two and the Yak fifty two and and just do some flights with all the the traffic there. Yeah, well, actually, there's some really interesting stuff you that too. Like, I don't know if you recall, but I was actually working on a mission at one point that uh, I didn't quite have the right combination of aircraft for. I'm still waiting for the right ones to show up. But essentially, I was going to have a, a civilian air defense mission where you had an unarmed radar-equipped aircraft. I was probably going to work with either the, the F-14, although it's kind of god mode when it comes to its radar, or the, um, the F-18. But it wouldn't have any weapons and it wouldn't have any ammo. The second aircraft would be a trainer that only has machine guns and radar. Take your pick. We've got a few options for those. And the third would be either the CE-2 or the, uh, the Yak-52. And the CE-2 or the Yak-52 would essentially be a drug-running plane trying to escape across the mountains with the F-18 trying to hunt it or the F-18 or the F-14 trying to hunt it on radar in order to give directions to the armed trainer to track it down and try and stop it. Playing with civilian aircraft can be yes. Playing with civilian aircraft can be a hell of a lot of fun when you start thinking outside of the box. Yeah. Um. And and then if you want to have some real fun, let's throw twenty AI civilian aircraft into that area. So not only do you have to locate the civilian aircraft that's trying to run, you've got to locate the right civilian aircraft and intercept yeah. it without shooting down somebody who's just, you know, having a sightseeing tour. Yeah. 
I have um, no conscience. <laughs> you just shoot them all. Um, yeah, no, the civilian aircraft, I really start with uh, the outside-the-box options and what else it can add because there's definitely some stuff there. But, uh, yeah, we will, um, we will be trying to get in... Trying. We will be getting in touch and um, organizing something with Flying Iron and uh, True Grit at some point in the future, I hope. Um, maybe either here or at least in of some kind, because I'm really interested in following both, particularly Flying Iron Irons as well, because I really want their perspective as a developer that has experience and already has produced high-fidelity modules for another platform coming into DCS. I think it's going to be a really interesting look from the outside. So moving on from that, the last thing for DCS has, of course, and um, get everyone's opinions on these. I, I think I know yours, Deadmeat. I'm interested in yours, Loby, but the uh, DCS supercarrier module that uh, WAGS has been cock-teasing us with for like six months at this point. Um, the last update, we finally got the supercarrier operations guide. I was actually having a browse through it right before we started this live stream, and it's got some pretty interesting stuff inside of it on how it all functions and the detail that's going into it. And of course, we've all seen the videos at this point. It looks amazing. I'm particularly interested in it for those looks or in in particular, the lighting features. My biggest issue with the uh, standard Stennis is I can't fucking see the goddamn thing <laughs> half the time, and I can't see the meatball on it, and the lighting on the new one looks a hell of a lot brighter and a hell of a lot easier to see. I might actually be able to fly into it at nighttime without crashing into its ass. Um, that, curious on what that, everyone else has seen of it. Now we've actually launches, that, recoveries, and the rest on it. That That's an optimistic um, <laughs> opinion there, Mags. Um, one... One thing with the the existing Stennis is I think part of the problem with um, with you having trouble with the meatball is that the carrier is not the right size. It's it's like sixty percent of the size it should be, or something along those lines, if I remember rightly. Hmm. It could be. It's it's more of just a lighting issue. The the for my eyes, and I know. I that do not have my condition, but uh, a few of them are uh, older pilots, the rest who don't have perfect eyes and uh, aren't in the prime of their youth, that um, have real trouble spotting the lighting and the details and the marking on that thing until you are very close. And by the time you get to that close point, you're already seconds away from touching down, so it doesn't matter. Anything that can improve that at this point in time is definitely a uh, definitely a plus for me and something that I'm going to have to pick up because I like flying off carriers. Trying to land an aircraft on a postage stamp is fantastic. I just like to be able to see the postage stamp every now and again. <laughs> but that's uh, that's the issue. I love flying off carriers, but I fucking hate landing on them. And uh, I think uh, the Stennis will be, uh, you know, the new improved Stennis. It's just going to be massive. Um, it's it's really the way to go. Um, the particularly they're going to introduce the uh, lower decks and the elevator system. Um, for somebody even who just wants to jump in a mission, they're going to have a, an LSO station. Hmm. And I just yeah, it's definitely the right way to go. Uh, additionally, you'll have um, corrected ATC, hmm. and I'm hoping that will kind of spill over then that when people see how the ATC should work, they'll start going, hey, guys, you know, we need to um, need to sort out the uh, ground-based ATC. Yeah, fit it to all the runways and fit it to everything else, yeah. 
you'll you'll hear uh, me grumbling in anger there. It, it, yeah, this, <laughs> is, this is one this, of Dead Meat's complaints. The the ATC stuff should be part of the fucking base game. You shouldn't have to pay an extra to get something that should be part of the base game. Mm. That's 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 yeah, I, one I, of my biggest complaints about this carrier module. The the other thing I is think... that I, I can understand them not wanting the full functionality of the of the new carrier to to be you know, available to people who don't own it on multiplayer yeah. service, but it it just rubbed me the wrong way when I read that they're not gonna allow you to even catch the 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 uh arrest catch the wire. Um, yeah, that that was that was one of the issues that I still do have with it a little bit. It's um I, I was under the impression that, you know, if you had the supercarrier module, obviously you would have access to the supercarrier module's functionality and you'd have access to all the stuff that comes with that. You'd see the ground crews and the rest and blah 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 blah. If you didn't have that module, that supercarrier would just be displayed as the Stennis. But the wires would function the same way. So you'd come in for a landing, you'd catch the wire, but you wouldn't have all the approaches or any of the other garbage. It would just be a uh, just a, a carrier. So those that have the module get all the fancy bonuses. Those that don't still have a wire to catch, and it's still a deck they can park on or a deck they can spawn on, but they will just see it as a regular Stennis. And it might look a bit strange from those who do have the module watching somebody in an F-14 Tomcat run over half the deck crew in order to rush up and get onto the play. But that's just one of the joys of multiplayer, I mean. Yeah. We've all seen some of the funny stuff in there. You know, record it off, have a little bit of a laugh, you know, make, make a meme about F-14 pilot kills half deck crew on carrier. Everybody have a good chuckle, move on. That that's, isn't the case. That's, I think, one of... Uh, now, I'm going to kind of take a little bit of a devil's advocate approach here, but I think one of the issues you may get, particularly on public multiplayer servers, is people landing when they shouldn't, you know, yes. and uh, basically wiping out everything on the fucking deck. I, I'm kind of... I'm kind of caught between the two. I I can see why they did what they did because at the end of the day they you know they're in business. Uh, additionally, yeah, I think the um, the ATC should spill out across the entire game, not just the other carriers, but the entire game. But at at the same at the same time, I can see you know I can see the reason what, uh, for not kind of allowing people to uh land on the uh on the deck of the um of the supercarrier and one of the reasons is you'll get idiots fucking things up well you'll get that anyway really it's what's uh, the thing is you're going to get it anyway you're yeah going to be able to catch a wire um yeah. but do you think for a second that supercarrier module is going to come out and somebody isn't going to try and land a cave if shark in the center of it oh or yes. land a huey in it or or yeah. we'll have have a look at the um the the non-carrierized aircraft, non-carrier-based yeah. aircraft. Um, there's people that have successfully landed the MiG-21 on a carrier and taken off again yeah. without using the wires. They are going to land on that just because they can, I'm and they jump... will do it in the middle of a multiplayer mission. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to jump on jump in a vegan. If I see that new carrier on there, I'm going to jump on a vegan. I'm going to sink that fucking thing. I would actually go one one further and say uh, they probably should have made it so that you just pass through it <laughs> if you don't own it. Well, at that point, you've got to sort of start going. Well, why have it there at all? And yeah, they needed to have it there because the the problem with the carrier module and it's why it's such a 
Verse module is much like the maps, and this is, again, something I don't agree with the maps. I still think IL-2 has a better system than this, but they are things that divide the community. And I, I will yeah. say I do not like anything that divides the community. I had no interest in the carrier module until they sorted that one out. The maps still annoy me. Now, just for those watching who may not be familiar with how IL-2 does, even if you do not own the module that a map in IL-2 comes with, you get it by default and are able to access it in multiplayer. So the maps in IL-2 never divide the community. 20 expansion packs could be released with 20 different maps, and you will always be able to join the servers regardless of what maps they're doing. The only restriction in IL-2 is what planes you can fly. You can even man the gunner stations in aircraft that you don't have access to because you don't own the packs, but you cannot select them to fly. You can only select the aircraft that you personally own. In DCS, they're making the mistake that first-person shooters, and first-person shooters stopped doing this years ago as well for exactly the same reason. Those might remember the sort of um, end 2010s, early 20-teens. There was um, a lot of complaints online, particularly in the, um, like the Call of Duty communities and I think the Battlefield communities as well, is about map packs being released. And if you bought these packs, you could only play with people that had also bought these packs. And what you got was these maps were the dividing point, subdividing the community down. And these were huge communities, but people were still complaining about these maps dividing everything down and not giving access. And eventually they took that away and generally maps just became a free thing that was released for the most part. Vegas, not all games still do it, but most do. Rainbow Six Vegas 2 was one of those big um, yeah. Uh, yeah, wedges in the community for that. Um, they eventually yeah. released the the maps for free um, after the mm. yeah after after the yeah. after enough of it fired up yeah but this is still happening in the DCS community right now the maps are only available for those who have them and if somebody let's say your local uh, your local map designer designs a big PVE massive event on Persian Gulf. If you don't have the Persian Gulf map, you can't join that. Somebody wants to do a NTTR red flag type event. If you don't have the NTTR map, you can't join that. You're completely divided off from the rest of the community. And it's it's something that DCS needs to take a look at because you're subdividing a community that's already niche in doing it. Yeah. It's I had no interest in the carrier because the carrier was going to be a, a physical model an item that was going to do the same thing. If you didn't have the carrier module originally, you weren't going to be able to join multiplayer servers that featured the carrier module, which meant instantly no multiplayer server was ever going to feature it once it was released. And Eagle Dynamics was told as much, which is why they changed that. Um, this system is also, for the record, why you will find that most multiplayer servers still run Caucasus, even though there are other maps available. It's, it's because I, everybody has it. It's why I actually have two DCS servers running. One, one mm. will always be running on a Caucasus mission. The other will be, you know, one of the others, which, speaking of which, um, Larry, we still need to do some more World War Two stuff for, for DCS. And I have a mm. that variable attack mission that I have up at the Caucasus one. Um, there's actually a Normandy version of that now, which, oh, I, have, nice. which, I, which I have available, nice. which I've been waiting for you to actually... Mm. Get get your get sorted so we can actually jump on and give it a try. Get together. Yes. Mm. Um, 
Just to come back uh, just a little bit, I'm going to play Devil's Advocate again just a little bit on the, the maps. Again, I'm kind of, I'm somewhere in the middle on that in the sense that they're kind of the games are in in a in a sense they're apples and oranges uh, pricing mm. model uh, wise. Um, obviously, DCS you get the free map and kind of two modules. Where IL two, it's kind of you get a map, all the modules, and um, basically everything you need for sixty dollars. So I can see, you know, there's a reason to kind of nickel and dime things. Mm. Uh, particularly uh, maps and aircraft in DCS because it is the only source of income. But um, I'm not sure, and I'm not being a marketing person, um, you know, I've, it's not my area of expertise, so I'm, I'm not sure what the, um, the re- you know, the results of changing that would be. I've, I've heard some people in the community say, you know, oh, maybe we'll have a subscription model, but if... Any game I played started a subscription model. I would be out of it so fast. It's uh, yeah, you know it's I played well for a few years popular. back in the day. No, yeah, they're, not, they're not popular now. Although they're horrendous. not necessarily terrible if done right. Um, I still use Microsoft as a perfect example at the moment. Access to their entire games library, like, and it's not a game subscription service. Obviously, it's for a uh, a client, but access to their entire games library, and it's just pay five bucks Australian a month and just have the lot. We'll give you all the brand new games when they come out. We'll just thing on there. That's, that's a reasonable cost problem. that I'm willing yeah. to pay. Once anything beyond that, though, I wouldn't. Like if it was 10 bucks, I wouldn't have that in yeah. service. I wouldn't pick it up. That's too yeah. much. Five bucks. Yeah, that's in my, uh, yeah, I have that much shrapnel a month easily that I waste. So I will do that. Oh, but yeah. at the same time, it's a, it's a matter of thing. It's actually why I wanted to mention at the start that uh, modification to the event they're running now, if they ever run one of these in the future, to split, uh, extend the maps, make all the maps available simultaneously and extend the length that those maps are available over that event um, for the free fly event for the entire yeah. thing. So people have a chance to fly on them and actually have a look at them to see whether or not they're worth the money. Like, I, I've, I've flown around on these. I was always going to get them. I create content for DCS. Yeah. Having flown a lot on them, I know that they're worth it from my end. Yeah. So I, I would have bought them with that information. But if you don't have that information, being able to look at them free might be a way to, at the very least, make it clear why they're worth that yeah. much in the first place. You know, I think a great, have a, bit way of, of... a great way of doing it may have been have a week where you uh, have Normandy, and then every two days you have a different aircraft, the FW-190, D-9, the A-8, the um, uh, BF-109, the Spitfire, uh, the P-51, and have that week where you have the the map and setting for those aircraft, and then have another week where you have uh, free Persian Gulf, you have the F-18, the F-16, and the F-14. And, you know, have a week-by-week week system where you have the map, the whole set as such for that, for that particular map, I think would have been a great idea. But uh, I think in, in part, it's probably like everybody else. This, um, you know, the Wuhan flu has hit everybody so fast that uh, everybody's going, fuck, what will I do? I need to make money, you know? Mm. Um, actually, we're talking back about the um, the carriers. We've gone a little bit on that one there and um, mm. spilling the ATC over on 
maps, that could actually be a way of uh, sort of justifying the cost. If ATC yeah. was functioning correctly across all the maps, so the maps weren't just, you know, maps, um, but they actually had uh, some more appropriate functionality attached to them, maybe that would be the way, way, way for it. But regardless, that is something that definitely needs to be... Uh, it's definitely something I think they need to look at. And the ATC is something that should be standard. Um, I'd also like to see... The other thing, I'm, like, I'm looking at doing a little bit of it myself, and I've seen a few do it, actually do ATC work and AWACS, AWACS work in DCS. Yeah, I think they're going to have a couple of parts for the carrier module that are actually designed for that. That should be something that's universal as well. Actually having dedicated player slots on the maps for people who want to do that yeah. role that will have access to a set of tools that are, I know we have the F10 map obviously already, but an improved set of tools, yeah. perhaps with some plotting data as well. So notes can actually be made by the um, uh, by whoever's playing ATC or AWACS so they can actually keep a note and a record of everything within the game, within the game's client itself yeah. um, on what is going on, who's coming from where, what's, you know, what's what and the rest. Uh, potentially, yeah, just improve the functionality on that path as well. Um, that should be standard. That should be standard stuff for it. Yeah, and I think um, that should be first on their priority list. The ATC hmm. before anything else. Be, um, the ATC needs to be sorted out because even if you go into X Plane or hmm. uh, you know a few other sims, ATC is generally like on uh, on point. Yeah, and it's something I think that needs to be developed. I mean, the, you would know better than anybody else for this one dead meat but i believe they announced a while back that they were going to be working on what was essentially an awax atc uh game commander like like air commander controller position in il2 as well uh i don't know if it's quite that thing that it's uh gci is it it's hmm. it's marshall i think air marshall or something like that it's hmm. I, I don't actually even know what that entails yet um, pro probably the probably breaking the description NDA I got for was this, a bit of a but you know, I don't break NDA. Well, I I don't know. Yeah, please don't. It's not. It's as far as I'm aware that that's we we haven't been told anything about it. So it's it okay, might, okay, might it might be there, or they may may have released it, or they might be still working it. I have no idea. I have not yeah. looked into I that. I only at have all. the initial. The I'm initial not... mention of it, which was actually yeah. about a year back at that point in time, and it was understand it was an air controller type position where a player would be able to issue orders, instructions, and potentially notify pilots of actions that were occurring on the map and play and be able to direct aircraft to particular areas. So it it may not be exactly the same thing, but it's functionally similar to the concept of actually having air traffic control or an AWACS position would be in DCS. It would be the equivalent. At least that's that was the original mention for it. No idea if it's still going through, but the fact that they were looking at putting that into IL-2 as well. So the civil flight sims have this. IL-2 is at least considering it. May have it under development. We just haven't seen anything more of it yet. May have scrapped it. We just don't know anything about that. Um, uh, and they just haven't mentioned it again. It's not being scrapped, but other than that, I don't know anything about it. I'm not part of that team. So I couldn't okay. break, I couldn't break NDA on that okay. if I wanted to. <laughs> All right, so that's good. But so that's actually a thing going on there. When everybody else is doing it, yeah, Eagle Dynamics probably needs to look at that for DCS. There definitely needs to be some improvement 
moments in there as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all right. So that's we went up. This was all supposed to be a um, an uplifting thing for DCS this way this week because I had a lot of good <laughs> stuff. I was excited about the teams. We ended up ragging on yeah. them about their maps and everything else again. It always <laughs> happens. <laughs> Moving on. All right. So dead meat. This one here is all for you because you've actually tested this at this point. X Plane 11's first beta for the Vulcan API implementation. Okay. What'd so, you find? Okay, I'm going to preface anything I say after this first sentence uh, with this this comment. It's it's great, but it feels like too little, too late. But um, for for AMD users, can they they're seeing like AMD graphics card users? We're seeing up to a hundred percent performance improvement. Just, just let that mm. sink in for a second. Yeah. A, 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 an absolute doubling in frame rate. Infid I can confirm that also with Nvidia. Nvidia, mm. I'm not seeing a doubling in frame rate. However, what I am seeing, I'm seeing probably a twenty to thirty percent improvement. Um, on my wow. end. But that doesn't tell the whole whole story. There's there's part of it that that with the OpenGL renderer, you may have noticed that even if you are getting good rend uh, a good frame rate, mm -hmm. let, let's be honest, no one ever got a good frame rate with OpenGL in X Plane. No. Um, if they say they do, they're lying. Um, but you know the the the, the whole community's you know, convinced that 30 frames a second is acceptable. But... The, oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it, yes, we, we won't touch on that because I want this to be a positive after my initial positive. first sentence. Yes. it's it, I'm going to try to <laughs> keep it positive. So, the one thing that, that that's not mentioned is that with the OpenGL renderer, there's these micro-stutters, these pauses... You'll you'll be like banking around. You'll be getting a good frame rate, but you'll see that the the scenery you just hitch a little bit. You'd see buildings sort of fade into into view, but the the buildings are fading into view a lot closer than you feel they should. Mm -hmm. With Vulcan, now keeping in mind my only experience with Vulcan is in VR. I. I experienced the ability to basically be able to actually max all the sliders, including the reflections, which that that's impressive. I could max all of the sliders and still get a usable frame rate. Um, I I actually oh, maxed no. I maxed all of the sliders and took off from Meeks rip. Um, I. I just to, to preface that Meigs Airfield is an airfield in Chicago that was actually was. was that was actually bulldozed by the, the mayor in some shading dealings that he actually got fined heavily for. He actually went and bulldo got it bulldozed in the middle of the night, leaving a whole heap of people's planes stuck on the airfield, which they actually Fuck. had to they actually had to get FF uh, FAA approval to take off from the taxiway to get them out of there. Christ, Harrison Ford at the time. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, no, 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 not landing there, just taking oh, off. Oh, there. not landing there, taking off, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, he landed in the golf sorry, course. Sorry, Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he landed on the golf course. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so so I was able to max all the sliders at, at Meigs and take off and get an acceptable frame rate. It wasn't smooth. Um, there was a little bit of, you know, a little bit low frame rate, but... It, it was acceptable. And this yeah. is in VR, just to and this clarify is, again. This is in VR. So it's they've made massive performance leaps, yeah. which is what they needed. Yeah. I think Keeping in mind, it's of... also still a beta. It's the first beta, yeah. so there's still much yeah. room for improvement. I think another disclaimer is worthwhile, which is your mileage may vary. Yes. Because in 2D... Uh, using NVIDIA and a uh, 4790K 32 gig RAM, I'm getting basically a 100% increase on frame rates, and that's what all the pretty features turned up. In VR, I have to pull some of those features back, and I'm getting about 20%, enough to fly in VR. Mm-hmm. Uh, where previously, you know, it was like receiving a series of fucking postcards about a flight sim. Um, so um, it's it's definitely an improvement I mean why they went with OpenGL in the first place obviously they wanted to be all things to all people which I think was a big mistake because if you buy a Mac you know the punishment for buying an overpriced computer is that you're not going to be able to play games I, I object to you calling it a computer it's not a computer it's a no. fashion accessory well the children who make it call it a computer so the the reasoning be uh besides the wanting to be all things all people for the open jail thing, it's not only Mac, but it's also Linux. Linux. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I I'm actually quite happy about that because I'm actually I'm seriously contemplating running off Linux on my, my PC again and seeing if I can switch over again. Um but that's that's a completely other topic, not for this podcast. So, what? But the reason for the OpenGL thing is because at the time when they first decided on OpenGL, it was the best option. Um, the yeah. the DirectX of the time was, uh, it, it was garbage, to to put it yeah. simply. Uh, when X-Plane first came out. DirectX was in, in its very, yeah, yeah. It was in its very early days, like DirectX two or three, I think it yeah. was at that time. And I, I I actually had a DirectX three capable video card back in the day. And I experienced games running on DirectX, you know, two and three back in the day. And it had um it three, was it had three D mm. now support. <laughs> uh and it was cool, but you know, then I went and played OpenGL Quake, and then it was you know not so cool. <laughs> yeah. But but it's you know it's just a legacy of that. They they yeah. they made that decision back then when OpenGL was the best option to choose. Yeah, and then well, I think yeah, and they've stuck with it for so long for yeah. Just, just because they they were focusing just on just because they were other used things. to it, yeah, yeah, used to it, and and they didn't want to lose that 
portability and yeah well it's also how x planes actually away x plane 11 is the most recent version of the game but function an update yeah. from x plane 10 which was functionally an update from x plane 9 so it's all the same engine just polished up yeah. and essentially resold on a massive patch update there are differences between them of course and improvements that they did but each one is just an improved iteration of the previous version. So the engine itself and the entirety of X-Plane has been dragging on for quite some time yeah. at this point. I'm not entirely sure when the last rebuild would have been, but I know it wasn't in 9, 10, and it definitely wasn't in 11. So it could yeah. be at least three, possibly old, four, uh, possibly more iterations uh, yeah. old at this point. But what, and I, what this 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 Vulcan... The move to Vulcan does enable is, but firstly we can we can get well we get we're getting the immediate results of of better performance which is absolutely fantastic it's it's something we've been you know we we we've been hankering for for years and they they yeah. should have done it years ago but once they they've tuned it a little bit and and eked a bit more performance out of it. Um, just to go back to the performance part of it, just quickly, um, one thing that, do, that does affect the performance, your, your Vulcan performance in in X-Plane 11, is video RAM. It is, it's it's very sensitive to video RAM, whereas OpenGL wasn't. So, so that that's one thing if you if you're finding you you're not getting the performance leap you're expecting it's likely that you've run out of video RAM and it's and it's paging to system memory. Yeah. So yeah, so lo lower your settings cut. and you'll get the improvement you're expecting. It has yeah. been beyond my expectations. I have to say I sat there and I didn't know which stick to grab. I was just so happy. <laughs> with the uh, with the improvement, I, I got a chance there uh, yesterday morning, and uh, yeah, I've been over the moon. Like you can now have, you know, on a decently specced machine. You uh, obviously your mileage may vary, but you can now have more or less all the bells and whistles if you're playing two D, and yeah, it looks stunning. And uh, if you have a little bit of auto for XP or a little bit of scenery on it, it looks even better. Hmm. All right, so speaking of uh, not to grab, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. And this one here is the one I wanted to finish up on. They just did, they were a couple of days ago now, they did their release for the multiplayer, the multiplayer update video on exactly how it worked. And there are a couple of parts for this that just blew me the hell away. Got to watch this one. Um, I'm not even sure if you can sort of virtually your head to stuff here or exactly what you're allowed to say being under NDA but uh, just to go through for those who haven't seen it yet and the, basically the key points is the game is always or Microsoft Flight Simulator always going to render one world by default so all players and real life pilots will be on the server at the same time now what I mean by that is the simulation actually has a live air traffic monitor built into it that is tracking all the real-world traffic that's moving around the world. And then it is creating a copy of that real-world traffic within the simulation at all times. So if there is a 747 or an Airbus that's flying across the Atlantic 
in real life at a moment, that 747 or Airbus will exist within Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 and you will be able to fly up with it, fly in formation with it, and it will follow the flight path of the real aircraft as if the real aircraft was writing a instruction for, like uh, writing out the flight path for the virtual aircraft in real time. On the advice so, of my attorney, I can neither confirm nor deny that's the case, but <clears throat> yes. <laughs> All right, so, and, and this, Don't go this following any Malaysian Airways aircraft, by the way. <laughs> and, and watch out for uh, the people drawing cocks in the sky. Yes. Yeah, that, that happens a lot more I, often I, I, than I, you I will, would expect. I will interject with a rumour I've heard that I made up is I heard that they're getting Air Force Proud 95 to do the voice of ATC. That would be amazing. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to move on from that. I'm just going to move on from that. Um, But this just doesn't just include major air traffic either. It's small aircraft. If, for example, you want to go for a flight down, if you're running open settings and you want to go for a flight down the Grand Canyon at ridiculous speeds in whatever fast plane you've got and there happens to be a tracked uh, scenic flight going down the Grand Canyon as well, that should be present within the simulation and you should wind up buzzing the scenic aircraft. I look forward now, to seeing the what bush gets planes. Cool, yeah, the bush planes. What gets cool from there is that's the base setup. Now, that'll be operating on real-world time and will be working real-world weather at all times with real-world tracking at all times. From there, to go through the game, what they've done is they've created a filter set. Now, there should be three filter sets that they've mentioned so far. One is, uh, the first one is live players, which is everything, real, all the real traffic. All the virtual players will be present in the space as well, obviously. The second one is a player restriction that allows you to choose whether or not you want to have the, the, vir- uh, the real aircraft represented virtually, um, and also choose whether or not what time of day and what kind of weather you want. So that's where you can play around a little bit and do what you want to do. And the third one is a group-restricted one where you can set your weather conditions, whatever conditions you actually want, and select a group of people that you want to join you, and nobody will be represented outside of that. In addition to all of that, they brought out the information on the actual restrictions on what you'll be able to see. Because remember, it's one thing to track that many aircraft around the world at once, potentially. It's another thing to be able to actually see them. Now, it's not going to be able to render them all at once. Obviously, nobody's computer is going to be able to render all at once. What they're doing instead, in multiplayer, every aircraft within 200 kilometers of the pilot, of of the player, you, will be tracked in real time at all times. However, for rendering purposes, only the closest 50 aircraft to you will actually be rendered over that 200 kilometer range. So if you've got 50 aircraft within 200 meters of you, you'll be able to see them all. If there's only one and there's 100 planes within 200 kilometers, 50 of them will be rendered out to 200 kilometers. The other 50 will only be tracked on radar um, or tracked via ATC, depending on you know what aircraft you're in and whether or not that's one of them. This, that makes total yeah, sense. But, yeah, this makes total sense from the, from the standpoint of how the hell are you going to rent the aircraft once. Yeah. But if you haven't seen the video already, you really need to watch it because there is some beautiful formation flying. And the other side of this is... The game is being set up, or the simulation is being set up to support simulation flyouts where 50 people 
can fly aircraft side by side and go on a joy flight through wherever the hell you want. And they can do it in an environment where they can check up their ATC and there are real world aircraft that are flying in and out of runways. Like for, for an example, um, actually go back to X-Plane. Without the correct mods, X-Plane's runways can feel rather dead. Much like DCS. Actually, DCS yes. is another perfect example. DCS's runways can feel rather dead. Well, if you decide to fly in Flight Simulator 2020 in the open settings completely on your own and you fly into an international airport, regardless of your settings, if you're flying them open, you will see the real-world air traffic coming in and out. There will be aircraft taxiing around that are modeled. There will be real-world players that are flying in and out and doing all of their things all at once at all times. You will always see life in the airports if there is actually life at those airports. If it's a dead airfield that nobody's flying out of and nothing's being tracked out of, well, it will be dead because nothing's supposed to be there. This is... Nobody's ever tried anything like this, despite having it, uh, despite the technology to actually track real flights like this actually have been available for some time. I think there's a couple of mods you can get for, I think, uh, prepared and explain that you, yeah, can, you can put this kind of stuff in. But to have this base installed in the game by default, yeah. this is what you get. Holy shit. And it makes a hell of a difference because when it's built into the engine, you know, you know yourself, the more mods you're running, generally, the more strain that it puts mm. on your system. But when it's, in, when it's already built into the engine, it tends to be much more streamlined. And uh, can't, uh, yeah, it, it works. <laughs> yeah, this is the big killer for Flight Simulator 20. It's not just that this is a beautiful looking thing from what we've seen so far. Mm. If you want, you can make X-Plane beautiful. But to do it, First, you've got to install X-Plane. Then you've got to install all the ortho scenery. Then you've potentially got to put paid mods in for your select runways or select environments in order to be able to... Well, there are some free ones as well, so there's free ones available, but paid mods is the way most people do it in order to get your town, cities, runways looking as they should. Yeah. Then you've got to install your aircraft. Then you've got to store all additional mods in order to be able to get your um, your... Your 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 real life feeling, planes coming and going, and that kind of stuff actually happening, and then you got to fight with the multiplayer in order to be able to actually do the multiplayer side of it. Yeah, Flight Simulator twenty twenty, you're going to have to install it. Yeah, everything they um, they've done a lot. Uh, obviously, they've been watching the communities quite closely, hmm. um, and. You can see they've really done the groundwork and without actually giving away anything or breaking any NDAs, they have done the groundwork on this. Mm. Um, it's X-Plane is a little bit like, you know, the older guy who marries, uh, uh, dumps his wife and marries a 20-something. And suddenly, you know, he's uh, getting her teeth done and buying her tits. And X-Plane has always kind of been like that, where this is, you know, this is wife 2.0, really. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's everything that you would normally mod into a flight simulation, including sims like DCS. Remember I said I mentioned yeah. before, I've got a civilian traffic mod for exactly this reason in DCS installed on usage. Um, it's everything that you would mod into a flight simulation, regardless of what flight simulated, uh, simulation it is, in order to yeah. get that feeling. And everything's there by default. So all you're going to need to worry about, there, there will still be mods, because nothing is ever yeah. perfect. There will be, I'm sure, runway overhauls. There'll be somebody who knows their local runway and does a mod 
to fix it up and get all the buildings in the right spot and all the right colors. And this is a flight simulation community. We're full yeah. of river counters. There are going to be people that go through. Yeah, there's going to be people that go through and photograph the roofs of the hangars of their local <laughs> airport in order to make sure that the hangars are accurately represented inside of the flight sim. Like, this will be a thing. But, there was that, a dude that, on the forums complaining that his house wasn't correct. <laughs> I, I I have already uh, run run through my head a few few ideas of how I can I can get the the models and textures updated for my local airport and surrounding areas. Yeah. Well, even, actually, even that's if, one of the things. Even if I had to volunteer to do the aerial photography myself, I'd happily <laughs> learn learn to fly the real plane and do the flights myself to get that 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 um, yeah material for them. And, and and this will happen. And this will happen. I actually sort of hope they have some um, sort of some open modding support type stuff. Because you're going to get rivet counters that want to work on their local airports and make it all fine and make the aircraft places that they're going to fly VFR, you know, right. Yeah. And then just make them so you can download those areas and there will be upgrades. I, ho I hope they really do support yeah. that well. And I think, I think they will. But um, the fact that it doesn't though. need it, yeah, it's an option, but it's not going to be a requirement where you really need it on some of the other sims. Need. I mean, uh, actually, a really beautiful version talking about uh, the human malware at the moment, a perfect e example of this. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Deadmeat did a, fly stream, uh, a live stream in X-Plane 11 and decided to fly out of Wuhan. There isn't a city there. It's yeah. a runway in the middle of a plane with mountains off the edge. There's uh, no city. China, unfortunately, when it comes to aerial photography, uh, China is a bit of a black spot. Mm. Um, the, this is a this is a China issue rather than a, a simulator issue. Fuck it, we'll get satellite footage. I'll I'll pay yeah, for the satellite to do it. the flyover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it, it is. A, sure it's a major China issue. Yeah, well, you'll notice well, well, parts of Russia as well are, are quite similar. Like, like the parts where you'd find the Krana plant. Yeah, the parts where you find, you know, the other uh, one million people who have died of whatever disease it was, or, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, shit. Yeah, Sorry, it's, Mags. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yes, like, this is, um, uh, this is just, these are nice options to have, but they're going to have this by default built into the game essentially all the core mods that you would normally take. And from there, you're only going to have to grab whatever special updates have been done for the particular areas you want to fly into. And obviously, your air, because your aircraft modules are going to work pretty much exactly the same way. You're going to have professional developers. It's essentially going to be just like, well, just like it is now on X-Plane, like it was on Flight Simulator 10, and like it is on DCS. You'll have yeah. developers that develop the third-party aircraft. You will probably get some bad developers because that tends to be a thing. You'll also get some absolutely amazing developers who do incredible detailed work and you pick up what you want and fly it out. Hoping... The only bit that I'm... I was just going to say the only bit that I'm sort of curious about at this point, and this is the big thing, and I haven't seen an answer for this yet. They're modeling the whole world and all of the aircraft that are flying in it and 
of the virtual and real pilots that are flying in it all at once. And you have the ability in the base version to be able to see all of these pilots if you fly within X range of them. But there's not going to be every single air... Well, no, it's not going to be every single type of aircraft in the base structure for the plane. So is it going to be... Um, are they going to do at least an AI equivalent for most common commercial aircraft and just go with those to start with? Or uh, And what happens with specific aircraft models? Say if Dead Meat here owns a... Kit Fox. A Kit Fox. And I've got a Catalina, but he doesn't have the Catalina and I don't have the Kit Fox, and we both fly to the same area. Will he see my Catalina I see his kit fox. Is the base aircraft module going to be have have a three D model that is available in the base of the game just to represent the other aircraft by default in the way they're working the engine, or like are we going to have to do funky shit in order to be able to actually see other, one another's aircraft directly? That's I'd imagine I've got a not first. Mm. I'd imagine you'll get um, the nearest, um, probably the nearest aircraft that's similar, which could be, you know, could be a Cessna 172 for all I know. Uh, Interesting you say that. I've seen in the screenshots there was a marketplace there. I'm wondering if anything that's uploaded to the marketplace, I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of approval system, but anything uploaded to the marketplace... Would in theory, I would I would hope that they'd make it so that anything that's on the marketplace can be seen by everyone else. The model. Sure. Yeah. This this is this is actually what I was sort of indicating before, and was sort of hoping whether or not they have a system in place where every single aircraft that's available and approved to use in Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 is actually held in one location, and if you encounter one that you don't own, much like it's streaming in terrain it actually streams in just the external 3D model for that particular aircraft. Like, imagine... It sounds like that would be a nightmare, but actually actually look at the DCS files. Most yeah. DCS fighters are only about a gig each, and the majority of that is actually avionics and all the internal bullshit. The actual yeah. 3D model and textures isn't particularly large. No, and I'd imagine this is going to be an option that you'll be able to take, depending, mm. obviously, on your uh, whether you're on decent internet or poverty net. Mm. Mm. So I'd imagine that's going to be a thing. Um, the other, um, the other thing that just um, struck me there was um, obviously, um, you know, you can only have so many aircraft, and that uh, that's related to uh, people's ability. Obviously, bandwidth is going to mm. be a huge issue for some people, and uh, I think there will be options in place that will allow you to kind of select your bandwidth and then the system will actually decide, you know, what you're capable of um, showing. Yeah. Um, actually, I think this was sort of not directly addressed, but sort of implied in the system. The 50 aircraft you can view at once would be the upper limit, the maximum on the slider settings that you can yeah. view at any given time. And if you pull the sliders back, you're going to see less. But what yeah. was done, what was very clear was that regardless of what the slider was set to, the simulation would always be tracking the near every single aircraft that's within 200 kilometers. So they yeah. would appear on radar and then based on what your slider settings were for how many you could view potential maximum of 50 or if say you've got it slided down so you can only see 10, 
the simulation would have to intelligently select which ones would be the most important to see. So which ones are the most close are the closest to you or in the position where you're most likely going to have to deal with yeah. them and then it would just ignore everything else based on your settings. Which again, this is that's good design because that allows design. a wider yeah, allows a wider spec sister selection of systems to actually be able to do it. Because I imagine there will be people what what I've seen so far is despite everybody's fear that Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 might require a top-end system, you know, like the top video card, top graphics yeah. card, 32 gig of RAM, all the bloody bullshit in the world to make it run as fast as it possibly can. I think they're actually aiming on making it at least flyable at acceptable frame rates and acceptable visuals on a, a common current mead spec system. Mm -hmm. If you a happen to have a top... A little birdie told me it's very adaptable. Yes, that that was what I was, um, what I've been assuming based on what I've seen so far. If you happen to have uh, the NASA supercomputer, you're going to have everything, and it's going to be great. If you don't, well, in the end, the, the, it's sort of been implied from the word go. They are intending to make this simulation run on the next Xbox. Yeah. So there's your minimum system requirements. Yeah. It has to be able to run on the new Xbox that's coming out. I was originally sort of supposed to be the the uh, the Xbox. What is it? The Xbox One Pro or something? But yeah. it looks like Xbox. they're they're now aiming at the Xbox One X. Well, there's your minimum system requirements for the game. It has to or for the simulation. It has to be able to run on that and run acceptably too, because console gamers are not going to take a, a simulation that runs like shit. It it's got to run well. Just so, to hark back. Uh, sorry, just yep. just on that sorry. Xbox yeah. thing. Uh, my understanding is that that it's going to run on the next generation of Xbox, not the currently currently released one. Yeah, which is the the Xbox, well, the Xbox, the the, the new X. Xbox, the new Xbox. One that looks like a refrigerator mean. if you blow it up. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm I'm not aware of when it's releasing, but the new Xbox according to the specs that's been released, is actually going to be quite beefy. Um, it's it's going to give our mid-range PCs of current mid-range PCs quite a, yeah. a run for their money. So don't mm. don't expect mm. this, the minimum system requirements to be that low, I would assume, yeah. Going, yeah. going by that. Yeah, it would be current 2020 mid-spec system. If you've got a mid-spec system from years ago, you're probably going to be running those at minor and having the greatest of times. But, but um, the interesting part of that is it's going to be, obviously because it's a console, it's going to be frozen at that, which mm. means they will have to come up with kind of innovative ways of introducing new features, which mm. will be, you know, a major boom for everybody. Because if you're playing on a PC that you're continuously updating, it's going to be so much better. Yeah, because anything that develops uh, on PC does have a tendency to have have a uh, performance or hardware requirement creep. The further along it develops, it's going to be more hungry for RAM. It's going to be more yeah. hungry for a better video card and so on and so on. Um, if they're going to make it run on a static console that doesn't have that level of modular upgradability, well, they can't. It has to, everything that they do, every they make must run within the boundaries of the minimum system requirements of that system. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that helps people. It means things aren't going to go too far out of control. 
And as we discussed in the other side as well, the other advantage of the consoles is in terms of controllers, because we're probably going to see a lot more developers start putting a lot more time into flight sim controllers now. Once there, it's actually once this is actually available on a console and has an active player base for it, because you know you you need numbers if you're going to get uh, companies to start building peripherals for you. And at the moment, the only one outside of some of the specialist boutique areas that are developing for that is um, Logitech. They're the only ones that actually have a flight yoke and stuff at the moment that isn't boutique, like the um, honey. What is it again? Honey, a honeycomb. Okay. Yeah, which looks amazing. Yeah, sorry, I but, thought. Uh, yeah. The honeycomb looks amazing. Sorry, I thought I thought you were calling Mags honey, and I was like, maybe I should step out of the chat for a moment. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you can watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus. Get your video Jesus camera ready. Christ. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Speaking as long as I get the money shot. Um, just just to, while we're talking about that, uh, I'm not sure I'm aware of this, but Crash, what what kind of controller setup have you got? At this point, a fucking ridiculous one. Um, I'm using obviously a um, Hotaz or Warthog Hotaz system. I also have an old X55 um, system set up because uh, I fly the F14 a bit in DCS. And when I'm learning, I'm still learning the, all the Rio functions, but it's handy to have a second stick, particularly for controlling the. Um, Giggity. Mm. <laughs> uh, the, what's it called the um uh you know the bloody um uh the targeting pod and i also have an a10 um little ufc up front so uh yeah too much shit is the answer but i want a honeycomb so that's going to be my next purchase uh, that the mm. honeycomb the honeycomb throttle quadrant is first on my list yeah. uh, and the 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 flight yoke is also on my on my radar yeah. just just because I am planning on starting. Well, well, I was going to actually be starting up sooner rather than later, but now it's going to be a bit later. I was going to actually be starting back on my path towards getting my private pilot's license. Nice. Uh, just to hark back to a couple of things, there, um, friend of mine, Squid, mentioned that the. Um, there are a couple of runways in Europe that are also, and surrounding areas that are blocked out. There's one in Greece and there's one somewhere else he mentioned as well. And just one, uh, we were talking about the development earlier, like third-party development for um, uh, for uh, FS2020. I don't know what, what you guys think, and I'm kind of interested to hear this, um, but I'm kind of hoping the development system is a mixture of uh, between DCS and X-Plane in the sense that the uh, th there's gatekeeping on the mods you have to pay for, but on the free mods, there's absolutely no gatekeeping. I don't. What do you guys I, think of that? I wholeheartedly agree with that. That yes, you know, I, if I want to be able to mod um, flights in 2020 to change all of the 747s into flying gigantic phallus objects, I want to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Okay. I, I, I want to go to. I wouldn't go quite that far, although that does sound funny as fuck. So, <laughs> let's rip a video out of that. Let's let's be honest. You were thinking that as well. Yes. Um, 
what I was actually thinking more of is um, for aircraft, I would like to see a bit of gatekeeping on there because there are some truly shit aircraft that I've seen made for general flight simming. And I'm sure anybody who's spent any time in uh, general flight simming yeah. um, have seen them. Hell, we've seen it in DCS and there is gatekeeping there, I'm sure. I remember the... Uh, the uh the hawk and the p40 under development <laughs> yeah. and a few other things I'm, I'm, it's not it's they sh- they they who shall not be named um, yes we, we've we've seen some of that happen as well um it, it, it that happens so i would like to definitely see control into regards to the aircraft because obviously people yeah. spend I'm like I'm i can't vouch for everybody of course but i am completely comfortable with my experience in flight simming parting with over a hundred bucks for an aircraft. And I won't think about it if it's an aircraft that I want, but I do sort of expect that that aircraft is going to be of a particular quality. Yes. So I don't have a problem with that, but I expect a bit of gatekeeping to make sure it's at that quality. That said on the terrain side of things, I'm hoping that is very open because what I would like to see is enough flexibility on the terrain for people that live in parts all around the world to be able to start going through and essentially even having tools available to do this, but start modeling sections of their towns or sections of their local airfield, sections around them, making small changes to make it line up and then being able to petition it forward and say, look, this is what this area actually looks like. Here it is. I've done it for free. Can you put this in? And then obviously you'd have a tick box in the game if you wanted that and have that just roll in. Yeah. I would quite happily build my town. I'd never be able to put my name on it because I don't live, but I would quite happily go through, photograph, and remodel over the course of a couple of months my entire town down to the paint on the walls just to make it represented properly in a flight sim, simply for the fact that I have never seen this town correctly modeled in a flight sim. In fact, like this is a town, I live in a town of, uh, let's just say between 500 and 5,000 people. That gives it a wide enough area. Um, The last time I flew over it in X-Plane, and I've flown over it in Flight Simulator 10 as well, there's about six six houses and a barn here. There's nothing. (laughs) The the entire town just functionally doesn't exist within Flight Simulation for the most part. So I would quite happily make sure it was there. I, I know it will with the way that um, Flight, Simula- uh, Flight Simulator 2020 is doing it using the satellite data. The town will exist. I would quite happily go through and make sure it existed properly just because it never has. Yeah. Mm. So, and and even, I'm sure I'm not alone at that. Even on my level, like my, my town, well, small city of 30,000 plus so it's more than 30,000, I'm not going to say how many, because once again, I don't want people to to know where I live, even though it, yeah. it's less of a concern for me. Um, it's it's still... Uh, um, there's no one that's gotten it right. The, there's missing features, there's you know, uh, specific monuments that, that definitely could be seen from the air, and there's a, a particular particular features which I've had Laobi um, check in explain for me and and it's um, uh, yeah it's just because I, I, I don't have the default or, uh, default scenery for my local area 
because I've the the first thing I did when I downloaded it, explain was actually to download the, the high detailed ortho for my area and and do all the updates and whatnot. So I wanted to know what it looks like for Laobi who hasn't got that stuff. Um, but yeah, they they haven't got that right. There's uh, it's it's yeah, there's there's just certain landmark areas where I I wish they'd hmm. got better better resolution. Yeah. And even third-party terrain developers are never going to be able to get all of this perfect because they can't be everywhere and they can't see everything. Yeah, so having it open source development map side, especially since they're trying to be the simulation that you can fly full VFR. Yeah. This is very important because if they have it open, so they essentially open source from areas, there might be some areas that never get fixed because nobody happens to really live in those areas. But if you have it mostly open source, um, or the, and the option to flick it in. There's all the, the downside to consider is there is always going to be that one dickhead who's going to put a giant cock in the middle of whatever town just because they can. Um, so there does need to be some kind of. <laughs> yeah, it was dead meat. Um, <laughs> at the same time, there, there will be people that will that will try and model the towns correctly because they would like to fly VFR over them and they would like other people that come into the area to have the accurate experience. So I'm sort of hoping they do do something open there. To quote, um, so I can't remember who said it first, I didn't, but to quote somebody, it's harnessing the community's autism. Yes. That's exactly it. And there are, as I said, we're in a community of counters people that will actually flip their shit if they count the side model of the x aircraft and the number of rivets do not correspond to the correct rivet the rivet count on the aircraft there are people that will put in complaints about that in this community unleash them on the terrain yeah it'll only get better that's it because because they are that autistic about it they won't be able to fuck it up it'll drive them nuts if they do so Absolutely. do it and everybody wins. They're happy. We're happy. Everybody gets a better experience. There will have to be some kind of obviously system of reporting, just in case somebody decides to do something stupid. But yeah, I'm really hoping they do go that path because yeah. I think we'll get a take what is already looking to be an incredible looking simulation and take it even further again and do it potentially at a point where. And this this is always the catch because obviously money does change hands. But at the moment, to try and make a flight simulator look incredibly beautiful is incredibly expensive. I'd like to see that end. I'd like to see money spent on buying planes, not on buying airport terrain packs yeah. in order to make the runway not look shit. Yeah, That's what I would like to see. Yeah, uh, Having, having said I'd that, like I, I wouldn't mind having sort of, in quotes, high-definition um, Packs available for airports, mm -hmm. but but still having a base level of of the airport being very recognisable, mm. perfectly recognisable. Like you you go, yes, okay, this is the airport. Like, yeah, for for certain airports, yeah. <laughs> for like, the case um... now. <clears throat> sorry, sudden onset of uh, SARS there. <laughs> having having said all that, I probably want to start winding this this up because we've been yes, going for, yes. for nearly two now, hours questions. now. Questions? Yeah, we're going to be doing oh. some questions. 
the end here. Yep. Was there anything in particular you so, spotted that you wanted to go through? So, so I'll just go through the chat and I'll, I'll put the questions out. So... Hey, Joey, by the way, just saw him there in the chat. Okay, so what do we got? Um, there was a few how I use for everyone. I'm fantastic. Yeah, uh, still alive. Still alive. I'm super. Yeah. Right, yeah there, there were some <laughs> quest questions about the IL-2 stuff. Um, so I'll, I'll just cover that quickly. So if, if you've got IL-2 through Steam... Uh, and you want to take advantage of the the uh, the promos. If you go to the IL2 website and go to the login page, there is actually a login with your Steam account button on the login screen. Um, so you can you can have a look at that. So uh, Kylux mentioned that live traffic for X-Plane works quite well. Uh, and it uses mm -hmm. the X-Plane AI models. Um, yep, also, quickly just popping out, a thank you to Pokemon, uh, Pokemon 3020 and Tigermoto for the Twitch subscriptions. Yep. To the, um, the Bizno, um, I'm assuming you're going to, you're meaning mags, but no, none of, none of the people here on this podcast are related to the A10C cockpit project. No, we actually have sex with our wives. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that that was beautiful. That was that was beautiful. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I, 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 as a as a creator, the um, I generally try and stay away from anything except some of the restricted early testing on models, and that's usually a bit of promotional purposes and. Um, a bit of just trying to help out with the final details towards the end. Um, it's it's best to not be involved for exactly the same reason that these two are having issues talking about certain things. Um, I've discovered on my end that anything that involves an NDA or any development or any information that you don't want everything out into the public eye, it is best if you do content creation not to be a part of it because you will inadvertently let something slip that you do not want to let slip, and otherwise you've got to be on yourself all the time not to do that. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. Um, and you've got to remember what you can and can't say. Yes. <laughs> what you that, saw that's... publicly and what you saw privately. So, yeah. yeah you, it's you like need banging a, a politician. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to wash that, that mental image out of my brain for a second. Um, <laughs> Which and one just there's, there's one... There's one last question in the chat. Um, yes. Is there's from the steer. Um, he says, guys, what would you think about an A129 CBT Mangusta five blade rotor and a blah, blah, blah in DCS? Um, it goes on listing things about it, but he mentions one particular word that triggers me, and that's helicopter. And helicopters can go die in a fire um all right <laughs> dead meat hates rotary wing um i love helicopters i think he's got some problems with him um, i'm afraid of helicopters but i'm open i'm not uh, a stranger to taking my chopper out in public so i'd be very happy with it yeah i, I bring it on um i want to see all sorts of all sorts of wicked fun shit pop up in dcs there's actually i i want to see 
um, Korean. I would love to at some point see a proper Korean, a uh, Korea map and a proper oh, Vietnam yes. map for Korean War in Vietnam. Obviously, we're going to have aircraft going into that spot. I would also like to see area appropriate helicopters, including things like the flying banana. Um, oh, I can't yes. remember the model for that one. Yeah, just some of those early helicopters where they were, they weren't even using turbine engines. They were fucking diesels. Yeah. Or, or, pist- piston, piston, or diesel radio- helicopters, or death traps, ones. Yeah, or yeah, radio, yeah, yeah, the fucking engine of a P forty seven, just mounted, pointing <laughs> up. Um, I would love to see some of that stuff modelled as well. Um, obviously, my helicopter listing is uh, fairly uh, detailed here. Obviously, I've got my, uh, I've got my Huey already, which is my favourite helicopter, so I'm already good. But I want a Cobra. Doesn't have to necessarily be a Zulu, but I want a Cobra because obviously that Huey and Cobra are underneath they're the same helicopter, um, particularly the Vietnam model ones. It's just what's bolted on the outside that's different. It's the same engine, same subframe, same control sets. That's what they designed. So I want the Cobra because it's always been my attack helicopter. I would love an early version of the Apache if we can get it. I don't think we ever. Well, no, actually, no, I, I can't say that now because I would have said that about the Typhoon and yet we're getting one. So maybe that's a possibility, but I would like to see a Chinook. Oh, that's now, now you're talking dirty. Yeah. That's, that's been my aim for a long time. The, the one thing I would actually like with DCS, and it goes into helicopters and I would like to see it in the fixed wing department as well. I want to see them do an update where they start working on logistics gameplay, and I want them, and this is part of the reason why I'm sort of hoping we'll start seeing more civilian flight sims or non-combat flight sim developers start looking at DCS as a platform. I am hoping we start seeing some heavies. I want to see 130, and I want a Chinook, and I want a series of gameplay updates that allow for logistical-based gameplay. I want to fly a C-130 under fire cover, a fighter cover under behind enemy lines and drop troops off. Or I want to fly into the freaking mountains of Iran, Persian okay. Gulf map, and turn off my rear rotor while my front one is running to keep my wheels off the ground and drop troops out the back. Yep. Yeah. So let's, yeah. let's wind this up now and we'll just go with the shilling your wares. So Crash, where can we find you? Give us all, all the usual marketing spiel you can can find me on youtube um i am actually uh because i'm a whore i am actually selling t-shirts but i'm not promoting them in any way apart from just now uh Mm -hmm. but and and uh, plus the fact they're absolutely shite i wouldn't buy them um you can find me on youtube uh just look for lauby on youtube and um yeah basically i might i might consider actually doing some twitch in the near future because uh Mm -hmm. I, I will be playing some, I keep saying this, but I, I am getting into playing kind of a lot of other games. So I will be doing other things apart from flight simulation. Uh, I've been getting into a lot of U-Boat recently. And I don't know if you yeah. guys have seen a one called Wolfpack. Yes, I have. And I've it, been wondering how long it take me to see. Dead Me doesn't like submarines either. Why do you not <laughs> like submarines? Is it because they're long, hard? And, and full of semen, <laughs> I like yes. how you just, you just cut off <laughs> Yes. So, okay. Um, so, Max, yeah, she'll she'll your shit. Yeah. Well, you know where to find me on YouTube, and you know where obviously Twitch. Um, hard to. Find. And yeah, I you're cutting out badly my... there. Ah, for God's sake! Yeah, I'm looking at my at my internet at the moment, and Discord's sitting there cracking the shits with me. So that's local. Um, obviously, uh, 
find me here on Twitch. You know where I am on YouTube, the obnoxious Australian uh, who can't land a fucking plane to save himself. Um, videos are running a little bit slow at this point in time because of this net issue, although I'm hoping I'll have the podcast repeated onto YouTube relatively quickly for you guys to check out. Um, and for anybody who's missed any of this to be able to watch from start to finish. Um, for oh, shilling my stuff at the moment, obviously I am on Patreon, although to be perfectly honest, I don't really encourage anybody to sign up there unless you sort of have already and unless you really like doing that kind of thing. I would really rather anybody who would like to help support the channel out, um, either Twitch Prime with your free Twitch Prime here on Twitch, um, or jump over to my Teespring store and have a look at a couple of the designs there. I'm actually doing, and it's going to be interesting how I actually finish this off, my last year of a graphic design degree at the moment, and I have been in t-shirt design for about six months doing aviation-based stuff, and I'm going to be going into general gaming very soon. I have a couple of designs up. Um, also, uh, going to do some cars and just other stuff as well, just really cool t-shirt designs is what I'm sort of working on. And obviously piss-taking with uh, uh, a couple of meme shirts in there as well, including my recent one, Bog Roll Zombies, which uh, is very much related to the current malware that is going around, the human malware and the stupidity involved with it. So I would, if anybody wants to support me, honestly, grab a shirt because then you've got a cool shirt and I really like the fact that people have my stuff out in the real world and something that isn't digital. I, uh, I'm really happy with that. So. Yeah, okay. That's about okay. everything, yeah. No, I'm going to show my stuff. So, for, right, do on, my, on my part, I run the Unprofessionals server, which obviously is associated with the Unprofessionals podcast and uh, Mags TV official server. So you can find us on Discord. So I believe there's actually a search function now so to find the Unprofessionals. Um, so I run an IL2 server and two DCS servers. There's also a Minecraft server as well, but I don't believe anyone even logs into that, so it's not hugely worth mentioning. Uh, and yeah, you you can find me on the Mags TV Discord, which is linked on the stream here, or on the channel here. And also, you can find me on the Unprofessionals Discord server, as well as occasionally see me popping up on the DCS and IL2 servers. Mm -hmm. uh, so th thanks, everyone, right. for watching. Yep, um, don't forget to tell Loby to go fuck himself. And and, and don't forget and to watch hit your hands, folks. Yep. Particularly if you plan on touching my dick. <laughs> <laughs> and don't, don't forget yes. to, to, to tick the dislike comment on all of Loby's videos just for that comment alone. Please do, yeah. All right, um, all right guys. Catches later, and uh, yeah, be safe out there in all seriousness, because yeah, it's it's all fucked at the moment. Yeah. Catches. Bye bye.